My name is Sinead Quinn. I am very excited and very honored to be your guest host for this month on the show. I am a coach and I work with mums in the disability community. I host my own podcast, Finding Happy, to inspire women and mothers of children with disabilities to create and find happiness within our daily lives. I also have a son called Torrin. He is 12, actually about to turn 13. Eek. And he has Down syndrome. On our show today, I was very excited to interview Melanie Dimmitt, who is a friend of mine from Australia, actually. And she's Australian. <laughs> and she um, is the author of the book Special. She's also a journalist. I mean, she's a professional writer, like she writes for a living. And she has a son, Arlo, who has cerebral palsy. She wrote this book and I'll let her go through it, but it is honestly, I think, a book that every mum should receive at diagnosis. We discussed the book together in our chat and we also discussed a bit about grief, a bit about the comings and goings, but also about the empowerment and support and motivation of what was behind her to write the book, the people that have motivated both of us to keep on, on this journey of using our voice and supporting our community to live bigger, fuller lives and find happy and joy in the day to day, which, you know, isn't always easy. So thank you for joining us today and welcome to the show, Melanie. Welcome, Melanie. This is the third time. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get there. It's just been, it's been one of those days. It's been one we of those gonna... months. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to get there. We are. I'm feeling very honored to be the guest host of um, Advocate Like a Mother and having you here to discuss all of the things that are in our universe of disability and, you know, oh, special needs children. So... Thank you. It is such a treat to be chatting with you, my friend. And yeah, how cool that they've let us take over this amazing podcast. It's I know. A, an absolute honor. <laughs> it is. It's such an honor. Now, I want to introduce you to the audience who may not be familiar with you over here in the US, both Australian. You're, however, in Australia. I am in Seattle. Um, so <laughs> I always feel like I have to clarify that because I hear two Australian accents and it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Hey, your Australian accent is pretty loose now, my love. Well, not in America. Pretty American these days. <laughs> well, not not over here. Not over, over here. Yeah. It's considered still very wildly Australian. So, um, <laughs> but yes, it is a very loose Australian accent. <laughs> For those who aren't familiar with your writing and your and your book special, which I actually have right beside me, literally. It is, oh, I was, I was looking go. at it just before we got on and it's an amazing book that Michelle Sullivan, who is part of the advocate, like a mother, um, group of women is featured in. So can you tell us a little bit about you and your family with Arlo and we'll get talking about your book. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I wrote that book in response to my son, Arlo, who's now five being diagnosed with cerebral palsy when he was six months old. 
And when that happened, I just felt like absolute shit. I was terrified. The idea of having a child with disability, let alone, you know, very profound, severe disability was my nightmare scenario. Mm. I now feel entirely different. I've learned a lot and I've been through a lot and felt a lot. And I now know that that's entirely not true. But at the time, this was the worst possible thing I could imagine happening to me and to my son. So I needed to know that we'd be okay. And, you know, I'm a journalist and I know I can interview people. So I just sort of went into survival mode and did what I knew how to do and reached out to parents living all over the world, raising kids with all kinds of disabilities, including the lovely Michelle. And I just asked them to help me. I said, how did you get through, you know, the early months and even years when this just feels like the worst imaginable scenario? Um, How did you look after yourself? How did you turn around negative thinking? And, you know, please tell me that you're okay, that your child is okay, that your, your family life is, you know, is good. And all of these parents were coming back with, you know, similar coping strategies and similar thoughts and they all did say in their own way you know yes you will be okay just this beginning bit is really hard but you'll get through it and you'll be stronger for it so I ended up compiling all of their stories and wisdom and insights into the book that became special um, antidotes to the obsessions that come with a child's disability. So it was very much a self-serving project at the start, um, but I'm totally thrilled now that Special is out in the world and it's helping other parents. It really does. It, it really does. Anyone that I've seen that has you know, written a little testimonial or spoken about it online completely rave about it. And I know when I found out about it, I picked it up and I was like, oh my God, I want to be friends with her. So, and then I stalked <laughs> you and now we are. <laughs> And it all started with you telling me, what was it? It was an online event in the US that I was talking at. And I think I I said, oh, they wouldn't let me read my own audio book. They got a more universally appealing voice to read my audio book because they thought it would sell better. They got she, And she's great. I got to choose the, the voiceover oh, artist so cool. who did it. And she has an amazing, slightly British accent. So did a much better job. And it would have been absolutely excruciating to have to read every single word of my own book. Like, I think actually... I might have died in the process. <laughs> so it's for the best. I've actually heard some authors saying that it was, they, um, you know, it was really gut-wrenching, some, like some biographies and stuff stuff like that and then having to like it's it's a journey writing it and then to have to read it is also another like layer yes. of going through it all over again exactly so. and it's tricky because you know I'm still doing um events and things with special which is wonderful like it's been out for like a year and a half and it's still you know it has a life of its own now but it is hard for me now that I've moved on and I'm in you know such a different place as a parent to a child with disability it's hard having to revisit those early months where I just felt things and wrote things that now I look at and I'm like oh my god that's but I'm glad it's like that because it's helping parents who are in that really icky bit at the start where you know you know you're thinking horrible things and feeling awful things and you know you won't forever but I think we need to be honest about that early bit so as people so as parents don't feel guilty for feeling Mm. 
bad and scared because it's just a natural part of the process and it doesn't last forever, but it does happen. And as we were chatting about before, it pops up again and again in this journey, perhaps not as severely as it does at the start when you first get the diagnosis. Like we were saying, we've just been through a rough patch with Arlo where he's had a surgery. He's going to be peg fed now. And that felt like quite a massive step back for us. And we've gone through the process again of, you know, we need a better word than grieving, but it does feel like that. You feel really wretched for a while there. And I know we'll get used to it. I know we'll feel better. But once again, we're in that hard bit. But does grieving have to have a, a, a negative rap? Like, I think, so this is, this is actually, as we were saying before we recorded, which we were like, stop, stop talking. We're going to have to record this. <laughs> yeah, this is all good stuff. Or we think it is. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think grief, I think grief gets a really negative rap. And I think, I think it's actually, sometimes it's not, it's not a bad thing. Like when you lose someone, because grieving is the loss of our expectations of what we were like programmed before we had kids, you know, what society has programmed us. So we're grieving the loss of something, you know, and it's, it's, it is a death of an idea and a death of a, a, of an expectation. And, but in releasing that expectation, we're also giving birth to this new beautiful life that we're going to be accepting and evolving into. And I think that grief, it's actually a shedding. And I don't always think that that's a bad thing. I mean, not at all. I think it's just that word. Like I didn't want to hear grief at the start of this because I'm like, my son isn't dead. But then when I was writing special and talking to psychologists and things, they're like, no, it is a type of grief. Like you say, you were grieving the loss of your hopes and dreams and expectations that you had around parenthood, which everyone has around parenthood because it's sold to us in this very specific way. And we we, all of us don't realize that we're we're already in that expectation. I can't speak. Expectation. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like, I didn't even fantasize about motherhood. I wasn't that sold on the idea. I was like, cool, if we can have a baby, awesome. And we were obviously very lucky that we could, but I never dreamed about motherhood and things. And even still with what I thought was zero expectation, I still expected it to look how it does mm. on in the, the nappy, the, the diaper ad, as you guys would say. <laughs> um, but yeah, and for that all to just be thrown out is it is it's that you are grieving what you expected. But I think we've just I don't know we've got a, I've got um, some lovely friends over in Australia, Mandy and Kate, who've got an awesome podcast called yes. The Two Peas in a podcast, and they got into trouble because they were interviewed for a newspaper over here, and someone said something like having a child with disability is like living in ongoing grief. And it was taken out of context and there was a pile on from disability activists and things like that. And I think when, you know, they obviously didn't mean it like that and I completely understand where they were coming from. So I guess we're all over here, certainly a little bit paranoid about our use of the word grief. Oh, really? <laughs> and I feel like we need another, we need another word because it is a grief. But was it's that a, a recent not- thing? I think it was a, a while ago. We've kind of banded together and shared our horror stories about, you know, things we've said that we shouldn't have said or that were misinterpreted in the media and things. Um, so now I guess that word I'm just a little bit afraid of using. But, that I mean, there's a chapter in special called grief. Like it's definitely, you know, it is a type of grief that we go through. Absolutely. Isn't that interesting because it's 
So what I've been seeing in some of my coaching groups, and it's definitely something that we're going to be addressing during the Stronger Together event, which we haven't shared about, we'll share at the end of the podcast, um, but is the grieving process because like you said, it does pop up again. And I think, I think I've been seeing it. So a lot of people have been talking about exhaustion over here in my groups and in my coaching groups and um, in my Facebook groups and things, they've been talking about feeling exhausted. And one mum had posted in the group and she had said like, she just recently met a new mum and the mum asked her, does it ever get better? And she said to the mother, it, it does, it gets better and um, you're going to feel better. And this is just the, the hard part. Yeah. But then she, then she admitted into the group, but right now I don't feel like it's gotten any better. Yeah. And I'm exhausted and I'm in a, I'm in this like place of anger and frustration. And I was like, you know what? Thank you so much for posting this and talking about it because there's a lot of people. And I feel like right now coming to, well, let's hope towards the end of a pandemic where there has been a severe amount of trauma layered with um, guilt, grief and that takes a very strong emotional toll, which also is felt physically. And then you layer on top of that, having a child with a disability and you're already dealing with a lot of physical and emotional differences to the rest of the world. And it, it's, it's exhausting. It's really exhausting. And I, my only thought of it is what it was like a grief because it's kind of like layers of trauma Yes. And you can, you can deal with the trauma and you can go through therapy and you can do all of the like different things, but it's, it's always going to be there for a little bit. It's like, I, I often compare it to like, you get a graze on your knee and it starts scabbing over, but every now and again, as a parent, you get, you know, when you're a kid and you would walk past the coffee table or something and the edge of the coffee table would catch your scab Ooh. and you'd be like, ow, I didn't expect <laughs> that. <laughs> This is such a gross analogy. I know it's so <laughs> gross. <laughs> I've got to come up with a better one. <laughs> but but no, it's, totally, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it feels, it feels like that. It's like, it's like that unexpected knock of the corner of the table where it's yes. like, oh, I thought I was healed. Yeah. I didn't think that that was hurting me anymore, and suddenly it's just got a sweet spot that hurt me. Yes. And we were talking, it's like I was saying to you before, like we've been cruising with Arlo for a couple of years now. You know, we had the diagnosis. We've sort of realized over time, okay, so he's not going to walk. He's probably not going to talk. And we were all cool with that. And, you know, it really threw me when we got this news about him being now nil by mouth and he's going to be peg fed. And, you know, I instantly went into it's okay. This will be great. This will be a good thing. But I felt like rubbish. Like it hit us really hard. And I was like, oh, I didn't think this could would happen to me anymore but it can because these things these things are hard and these things are just undeniable you can't you know positive put a positive spin on everything all the time like sometimes it just feels really shit and I think you just have to sit in that and go through that and at least I know that it won't always feel this way but yeah we are going through a rough patch at the moment and there's no amount of diving into special or you know telling myself quotes and things that's going to make me feel better right this second about it but I think and you know the really one from from my experience and I, I say this is Torrin's only just about to turn 13 um 
I recognize that he's got a very full life ahead of him. So I'm speaking from a very limited experience that I now have the tools. Yes. So while the corner of the table might have caught my knee, um, and I won't, I won't say scab. Caught your scab. Um, yeah, I won't call it a scab. <laughs> um, while I might have caught the corner of my knee, um, it's not. It, it does hurt, but it's not as much as the first time, and I know how to fix it. Well, not yes. fix it. I know how. I know that there's the light coming at the end of the tunnel, and I know that if I feel it, it it'll heal it to until the next corner but it just yeah i i feel like i can release um some of the level of guilt yes because you know that oh I've, i'm not too unfamiliar with this actually yeah you've got your first aid kit to hand so to speak yes. with your analogies still and it's i sort of know now like we're tired we've been in hospital we've just moved house we are really tired and i know that when we're exhausted everything feels a bit shitter as well so yeah. i'm aware that this isn't actually as bad as it feels right now it's just the tiredness has added that really um, tricky element so I know once we get some good sleep and you know have a bit more time once things once the dust settles we'll feel better so just knowing that there are other reasons why it feels so bad even though it doesn't make it feel any less bad that knowledge I think is really Mm, helpful the awareness the awareness yeah exactly yeah yeah and one of um one of my one of my mentors through meditation and so forth she always says to me it's it's the awareness in the transitions yeah like to me that's like gold i get chills every time i think about it because it is we lack awareness in the transitions and when we are aware it it just it doesn't blindside us as much exactly yeah i think yeah so long as you know the cause of the still coming back to your scab analogy <laughs> sorry listeners <laughs> because of the wound and that yeah there is like at the end i don't know i'm just too tired to get yeah get too philosophical today but it's definitely we're so much quicker at bouncing back than we were at the start of this and man is that a useful skill just for life generally like yep. it's very hard you know to knock us down we certainly don't sweat the small stuff and yeah i just feel like we have deeper better connections with people we can talk about anything with them where do we find and draw motivation to continue to use our voice in the community? So we'll say, talk about that next. And like, what was someone that impacted Mm -hmm. our life and gave us some confidence and encouragement and empowerment. I think that's a good way to like lead into all of that now from having that conversation that it's been hard. Yeah. Um, So, so in, in the hardship and in writing the book and in the, the waves that you can feel of grief, did you ever read that Reddit post of grief? No. no. Oh, it's beautiful. I have to share it with you and we'll, I'll share it with the, with advocate like a mother so they can share it. It's actually, it's about grief and it's actually about death, but, um, mm. the way it's, they speak about, it, it's like waves crashing in, um, and you're on a boat and the waves are really big sometimes. And then other times the waves are really small and it's yeah. far more eloquently written than my butchering of it just then. <laughs> but <laughs> in those waves and when it does get smaller, like, 
or where do you find your um, motivation to keep continuing with working with the book special, promoting it, even in these moments when sometimes it's hard? Yeah, it is hard. And a lot of the time I don't feel like it. I feel like, you know, like I've written the book, it's out there, it's doing the work. I just want to kind of get on with life now. But then some, and you know, we're kind of in a bubble, mm-hmm. you and I, I think, where we're like, we're around like-minded people, like we're doing this thing, we know it's okay. There's like a lot of negativity in the parenting disabled kids space. And I'm like, I just don't, I'm not there. I don't have the time for it. It brings me down. So I'm kind of in a real like positive book realistic bubble about it but then something will happen that will remind me that this work still needs to be done um I was helping out with some medical exams here and they had a trainee pediatrician interview me um using Allah was a case study just for like an exam so mm-hmm. um and it had to be done over zoom obviously in these times of COVID so he was treating it like an initial consult with me about Arlo and it wasn't great. He sort of went into it saying, all right, let's talk about Arlo's issues and Arlo's <laughs> prognosis. And I was like, oh, fuck. I bit my tongue until right at the end where this guy said to me, all right, I've got a final question for you. If you could fix one thing about Arlo, what would it be? And what I was the like, hell? oh, mate. Oh, and I was just, I let him have it. I was like, nothing. <laughs> like my son is my son. Arlo is Arlo. He doesn't need fixing. Like what needs fixing um, is, is your you know, attitude. Is your <laughs> attitude and the world. I'd fix the world for him. And something like that will happen. And, you know, thank goodness the examiner rang me quickly afterwards and was like, we obviously failed that guy and that was terrible. And like you'd never, exp- and I, most of our experiences with medical professionals have been nothing like that. It's been wonderful. Um, but something like that will happen and I'll be like, oh, yeah, like, you know, we still need, to do the work that we're doing we still need to speak up and certainly help parents at the start of this realize that this is not a nightmare scenario um yeah so things like that keep me motivated and also just the beautiful feedback I receive about special you know I'm so lucky I have parents contacting me most days saying you know how much the book has helped them in that really icky bit at the start you know when you find out your kid is traveling in different parts so Though, yeah, something crap happening or lovely feedback are the motivating (laughs) things for me to keep going with this work. (laughs) Yeah. I think the same for me. What motivates you? Yeah. I think the same, you know, the amount of times I've gone to throw in the towel, this morning at 4am I was quitting. I was texting my... (laughs) (laughs) Like legit, I was at four o'clock this morning. I woke up, I couldn't sleep and um, I was texting one of my girlfriends going, I think I'm going to quit coaching and I'm going to quit the podcast. <laughs> she, was like, she was like, no, you're not. And I was like, no, I am. I'm tired. I'm really tired yeah. today and I'm really tired yeah. this week because I've had a hard week with Torrens IEP and, you know, all these other things that have been going on. And I was like, I think I need a break. Like, And then – like you just said, I got this message this morning from a mum who was like, you've changed, your podcast has changed my life. And I think this, mm. it's funny, like universe delivers in so such unique ways. And this week, I think I've actually had the most messages from listeners and from clients that I've ever had. There and it was go. probably the week I was most most like like I I think I told my friend Brittany like three times that I was quitting and she's like she actually (laughs) rang me last night she's like no you're not (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm not going to let you. Your voice is too important. And that's what motivates me is when I do get those messages. And then also I think, you know, I mean, I love, I'm not quitting the podcast. I love having a podcast. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm talking absolute trash when I say that. It's not ha- like I'm not. And I, I don't think I could ever quit coaching because I think knowing where I was and where I am now and seeing mums where I was like five, six years ago, I, I'm just like, but you can, there's so much more. Yeah. And I think my, my innate personality of like the the glass is half full and that I'll end up screaming it from a rooftop kind of thing. Naturally. I, nobody's going to be able to shut me up even if they wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm really glad that the universe threw you a bone so <laughs> you didn't give up. It would have been very sad if you cancelled on our chat today. <laughs> no, it wasn't, wasn't going to be that immediate. <laughs> I was like saying to her, I'm going to Hawaii to sell coconuts. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be dreamy? <laughs> <laughs> But, um, and what about, has there been anyone in particular that has impacted you in your own journey? You know, like, because I, I, I can pinpoint certain moments in my life where there's been like, someone has just like sat me down or I've been in a seminar or something. Did you have a moment for you where like someone really impacted your own life to give you the encouragement and empower you with your voice? This is a really hard question for me um, because I've had people say, wonderful, encouraging, supportive things to me, but I'm a very self-critical, self-motivating person and I find it very hard to take positive feedback or compliments. So I never believe anyone when they say (laughs) nice things. So I can't honestly say that someone has said something to me and I've been like, oh, yeah, I'm always like, oh, you're shitty. Like you're just saying that to be nice. I'm very – it all comes from my inner – voice you know saying you need to do better you need to do this but I guess um the fact that I got a book deal with special the fact that my publisher wanted to publish this that was an incredibly encouraging um moment for me again I was just like oh she's just being nice but I'm like no you actually want to put money toward this and make it a book like I have to accept that this is a good thing and that it is a book um, deal isn't someone just being nice (laughs) yeah (laughs) So that was a really good moment. And, you know, yeah, again, so much lovely positive um, feedback from readers has been very encouraging and empowering for me. One in particular, um, a journalist in New York, I think because, you know, as, as a journalist, nothing like her, like she's a proper like big time news journalist, getting the positive feedback from her, she'd found special like when her son was in hospital undergoing like major surgery. I think he had his chest open and she was lying next to, you know, her little baby boy with his chest open because they couldn't close it for a period of time. And she sort of said, I had your book there as my support. And hearing that from her really stayed with me because I'm like, you're a journalist. And she appreciated like how much research and how many interviews. And I think hearing that from a peer or someone that I look up to has really stayed with me. So yeah, she would be someone who definitely has encouraged me, but yeah, generally speaking, it's the little naggy mean voice in my head. That is the thing that's pushing me forward. (laughs) How about you? Um, we, I mean, we went through this like five years, we call it the five years of like 
vape. I won't say what we really call it. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> that included Torin being born and our daughter being born prim and me losing my dad. Mm. And I think after that five years, I became Torin's mum, and, you know, like um, my husband's wife and, you know, I wasn't, um, I wasn't me. And mm. so I think by, it was actually, I'd say like, there's a woman called Raw Goddess and she's a, she's like a spiritual kind of life coach. And she's, she actually works with Gabby Bernstein. She was Gabby Bernstein's original coach. And I was privileged enough to do a workshop, uh, a one week training with Gabby. Um, and Raw was there and through a lot of the work with both of them, they gave me permission to use my voice again mm. and gave me permission to feel confident and to believe that people wanted to hear what I had to say. And it took a lot of my own, like unraveling the onion of life and like <laughs> my, my fears and my doubts and my, you know, like all of those things through working with them. And not just as a start, like I did, you know, I'm, I'm a like, I'm a self-help junkie. Like I went to Tony Robbins. I've done all these things like, you know, yeah. Um, but I remember the moment where I was, when Raw was speaking and I realized what it was that made me scared to speak. Hey everyone, it's Michelle. I believe giving your kids a variety of dolls to play with, including some that don't look exactly like your kids is super important. It fosters empathy and diversity and lets them discover through play that everyone is unique and beautiful. Miniland Educational Toys have created a line of dolls that were made exactly for this reason. Miniland's core values are to help children understand and explore values of inclusion and coexistence through play by promoting empathy and acceptance of people regardless of race, gender, or disability. Miniland currently offers several dolls with Down syndrome along with a variety of other social and emotional learning toys. You can find their products on Amazon or you can visit their website at minilandgroup.com. What do you think you've seen in your life from using your voice, like on social media and stuff? Like, do you still see opportunity to grow further, bigger, better, whatever? Um, I don't like to say better, but expansion, <laughs> the growth with expansion. Yeah, well, it was, you know, it was really encouraging. I was very scared about putting my voice and putting special out there in the world because I was saying, you know, some things that I felt really guilty about, you know, mm. sharing some stuff that I wasn't proud of. But what was really encouraging was that so many people came back and were like, yes, me too. Like I felt, you know, the number one bit of feedback I get from special and from things I'm putting out there is I, it's like you've taken the thoughts out of my head and put them into words. So I was like, it's okay. I'm not alone here. Um, I think where I'm more focused now and where I'd like to grow more is in the advocacy space. So not so much focusing on my experience as a parent, certainly, you know, in that tricky bit at the start, but more looking at how can I learn more about the experience of people with disabilities? And I'm doing some work with a disability support organization at the moment, and I'm just learning so, so much um, there. And I just want to have a bit more awareness of those experiences so I can better support Arlo as he grows up. So I'm very interested in, you know, I've been reading a book by someone who is nonverbal, um, 
prior to us getting the peg um, and we were sort of spoon feeding Arlo, I read this amazing article, I think it was in the New York Times or something from a woman with MS and the title of the article is what it feels like to be fed. I was like, wow, Mm. I've never really thought about that. So I guess I'm, I guess, you know, I'm more interested now in maybe shutting up a bit and listening and reading and learning from people living with disability and, you know, incorporating those learnings into what I am sharing on my platform. Yeah. How about you? Um, well, we mentioned at the beginning, stronger together. I, um, I, I've got, I've got, I don't want to say I want to heal people. That's like, it's such the wrong word. I want to be able to share like that vulnerability that's in your book that I, I felt that that was missing so much from the beginning of my journey. And there was two things that one, you're allowed to grieve, but also that you're allowed to have a really full and amazing life as a parent that has a child with a disability. Yes. And I think I, f- I felt like at the very beginning that, that I couldn't, that either I like I was in a room full of women grieving, like heavily grieving, and I felt guilty to be happy. Um, yeah. I sort of felt guilty to want my own life. And I f- was in this like real torn place of of wanting more and feeling guilty that I'm not, you know, if, if I want more, that means I can give more to him. Yeah. And um, I want I want to create a real shift around talking about mental health in our community for mums, changing the health journey that so many women face of like stress, autoimmune, like all of those things really it sounds terrible. That really lights me up. Um, <laughs> not that <laughs> they that get misery, sick. I love it. <laughs> but I want to change that narrative because yeah. people don't t- people don't talk about a lot of the mental health. Um, difficulties that can face and it is higher like the stress levels are like there's been research that shows stress levels measurable to that of a soldier in combat yeah and this research has been around for like 15 years or so and only now are people starting to talk about it and I've been on this soapbox for three years and I just, I want it to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And what I would ultimately like, like to see is like Stronger Together becoming an event that's actually almost like a Rachel Hollis thing where women can come together and empower each other to live these really full lives. And I'm getting, I cry every single time. <laughs> She's Melanie's seen me cry on calls about this, but I just like, it's so I think women need to be heard. Their dreams need to be fed. Their souls need to be nourished and they need to hear it from other women that have walked that path. And I think with honesty and vulnerability that yes, sometimes it gets hard because you end up in a peg surgery, but you you have these tools that can pull you out the other side and you'll still live this really full and wonderful and marvelous life. So you know, I'd love to see Stronger Together as an actual live, obviously not in COVID, live event where women can come together and do that sort of thing. And I would make everyone dance. I'm sorry, listeners, but you would. Um. <laughs> Dancing is healing. <laughs> Move their bodies and, you know, and just to have that community and be around like-minded women because that's what I really didn't have was yeah. that. And I think I felt like that kind of, it didn't hold me back. It was part of my journey, air quotes, my journey. Yeah. I missed that. Cause you know, if you attend these Tony Robbins seminars or any of these sorts of things, I'll be standing there and it's like, I can't, there's, a, there's something missing. Cause I can't relate. Like people will be like, they do that head tilt. Oh, Oh God. Yeah. yeah. And you get sympathy, not camaraderie. 
yeah, you get the pity look. And oh, that, yeah, that was the best thing about writing special was I was talking to other parents who just get it. And mm-hmm. I was coming off the phone or coming away from the coffee or off the Skype. And I was like, wow, I feel better than I have felt in months. It makes such a difference. And even just seeing, you know, cause when you Google quadriplegic cerebral palsy, you get these really depressing um, stock images. Hopefully not so much anymore. I never Google Arlo's diagnosis because it was just too much but meeting these parents who you know I thought were really cool and they had awesome careers and they had fun and you know they were still having their glass of wine at the end of the day and I was like I can I can be that I can do that and it's the whole you you have to see it to be it or whatever that quote is um and it just made me realize that not only will my life be okay it could potentially be even better that okay this is actually something quite special um and that just changed everything for me so I think this event it's so exciting because it is it's bringing together like you say a whole lot of like-minded parents and the power of that is more healing than anything else I think when you're on a not so typical parenting path yeah and I think that's what advocate like a mother of the podcast especially like with this guest uh, which we're both obviously very appreciative of the guest hosting and everything bringing together just so many different voices to like elevate them I think it's so powerful and so amazing so um definitely a thank you to the advocate like a mother team yes thank you for having us and thank you for all the amazing work you're doing your really really cool t-shirts yes i know (laughs) well we're gonna have littlest warrior at stronger together so there's gonna be a marketplace and i was like we have to have all of michelle's t-shirts because they are the best they really are they're very cool (laughs) (laughs) so thank you so much for spending time with me today where can our listeners follow and support your journey um, well, they can find special, the book, uh, you can buy it wherever you would buy books from online. I think in the U S it's on Amazon. Barnes and Everyone Noble and Amazon. It Amazon. Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's in bookshops in Australia, New Zealand and Poland. Now it's just come out in Poland. Um, and you can follow, um, the underscore special underscore book on Instagram where I am somewhat active <laughs> i need to get a bit better at the old instagram um yeah but that's where you can find me thank you again have an awesome day thanks again for listening as always if you could leave us a review on apple Podcasts, we'd appreciate it and share this episode with a friend Access resources, episode notes, podcast merch, and more at www.advocatelikeamother.org. And if you're a company looking to partner with us via sponsorship, please reach out to us on our website. And lastly, follow us on Instagram at advocatelikeamother and join our community group on Facebook. Friends, we'll see you next time.